Hey folks, this week on the pod, we have got the one and only Nick Hatfield. Um, Nick obviously won Rookie of the Year on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, headed in the Invitationals next year. He's uh, honestly probably one of the favorites to make the BPT. Um, so we talked about kind of the year that was, a couple other things. It's not crazy long or crazy in-depth on anything, but we owed him the interview, and I always love talking with him. Also, I should brag a little bit, um, for the Rookie of the Year picks at the beginning of the season, your boy picked Nick Hatfield. So, he came through for me, made me look good, love that. But, uh, anyway, here is the one and only Nick Hatfield. Alrighty, and we are joined now by a man who hangs gutters and anticipates the next bite. The last Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit Polaris Rookie of the Year ever, uh, Nick Hatfield. Um, dude, congratulations on all your success. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on today. Um, I've kind of been meaning to do this for a while because, like, you know, winning at Rookie of the Year is a pretty hard thing. And I know the Pro Circuit doesn't exist anymore. But I feel like we still got to give you your flowers. Um, back whenever the season ended, what was what was your outlook on the year? Because I know you just missed making the BPT, but man, first season like fishing at that level, boy, you, you had a lot of success. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, going into the year, I, if you'd have told me that that was the kind of season I was going to have, uh, I probably wouldn't have believed you or I would have just been stoked about it. But, you know, regardless, I had a, I had a really good year. I'm very blessed. You know, I, it just happened. I don't know. I, I just went fishing and, and just did what I know to do best and fished my strengths at times. And, you know, uh, I think getting a strong start at Rayburn, the top 20 there, was huge for me. And I also, as bad, you know, as the Harris chain was, I think it was really important for me to have a bomb, too. I hate that I bombed Harris chain because I probably would have made the BPT and probably been in the AOI conversation had I, you know, had a good finish there. But it's, uh, I think it was good for me to have one of those bad tournaments, you know, to see Rayburn how easily things can go and the Harris chain how bad things can go. But after that, you know, I, you know, I was lucky to have the schedule that we had last year or this year. Um, it just fit my style, and I'd seen a lot of the bodies of water. But, um, you know, just went fishing and and was able to, you know, put some good finishes up. And uh, then just to finish the season strong, you know, up north on Champlain and the St. Lawrence Hague, I, like I've told everybody a hundred times, I love smallmouth and I love going up there to fish for them. And I feel like it's just something that comes a little bit easier for me because I do it so much here at home. But man, I couldn't have asked for a better season. Really, I like I said, just super blessed and super pumped that things went my way. And you know, I just uh, just very thankful for the season I had, and I'm I'm pumped about it. Hopefully, you know. I know the pro circuit's not not there anymore, but we've got the Invitationals and the Toyotas, and 
and the future's still bright. So hopefully we can just keep the train rolling and build off the momentum there. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the season you had this year, if you have it again next year, you know, you'll be on the Vasper Tour in 2024. You know, it's yeah, like it's that yeah. simple. And yeah, obviously, like sophomore slumps and things happen. Uh, that's you know, something. I guess it's probably not something you're going to worry about because I feel like you're more mentally tough than that. But you know, it's not any road. It's not without some bumps. But man it sure seems like you set yourself up for a lot of success just because they're really maybe outside of Florida, which is kind of a weak point for a lot of folks. It didn't really look like you had any hole in your game last year or this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's some tournaments. You, the way I try to look at it most of the time is like, you know, in practice you, you can get on certain deals on certain ways. And sometimes you really find, you know, a few areas or a few patterns that you feel like, man, this could be, this could really be something special. You know, like for instance, the St. Lawrence uh, in the the title, I knew what I had found was really good. And I I told my wife, I told my mom and dad, I was like, you know, I don't want to, you know, jinx myself, but I really feel like I found something special out there. And I, you know, I led for two days. Granted, I just finished seventh, but I mean, I got real close. But basically, what I'm saying is, like, some tournaments, some like, you know, you can just you get on a certain deal, and you're like, okay, this is what I like to do. This is my strength. Like this, this may be special, and this may be a tournament that I could try to make a run at. And then other times, you know, you don't have as good of a practice you just have to survive. Like, you just have to find an A, B, C plan, like, find enough fish to to at least, you know, try to cut a check and survive and go on to the next one. And I, I really try to just fish to win every one of them. Like, I try my best to find something, you know, doing what I like to do or whatever it may be to try to win the tournament. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you still have to find – you know, several different things. You have to have several different plans. That way you don't just bomb. That you, that way you can at least bring in a limit. That way you can at least cut a check and say, okay, well, you know, we, we did our job here. We made some money. Let's move on to the next one. And I think that was a big part, uh, you know, especially for some of those tournaments last year. Yeah. What about um, at the Harris Chain? You know, what do you feel like you learned from that? Because that was a tournament where – I feel like even going down into it, you kind of felt good about it. You made a top 10, I think, in a bass open there once. Like, it's sort of offshore grass fishing. That's something you've done before, but the wheels came off. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. Uh, I've thought about that quite often. You know, it, I, I, found a, I found fish doing several different little deals, but I honestly think that I wish I would have fished more in practice. Like, I, I wish I would have set the hook more in practice. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Uh, you know, because day one, I started in some offshore hydrilla, and, like, my third cast, I catch a six-pounder. And I'm like, you know, heck, yeah, it's about to go down. And after that, I never had another bass bite the rest of the day. Never had another bite. And 
I was fishing around guys that ended up making the top 10. So I know that there were fish in those areas. I don't know if it was that I was just like, you know, the pressure's on. I'm in a pro event, and here I have one fish, and it's 12 o'clock, and I'm like starting to freak out. I don't know if that caused me to just, you know, instead of slow down and really work the bait, I don't know if I was like just, you know, going too fast or and, you know, at times I don't feel like I was, but, man, I don't know what happened that day. I just, it just wasn't meant to be, I don't think. And I honestly feel like it was just one of those things where uh, I think it was just meant to be for me to have a bad tournament. And, you know, I go out day two and I catch, like, four or five women. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have anything big. I only weighed in, like, 11 or 13 pounds or something, but... I didn't have anything big, but I caught, you know, literally four or five limits that day, and, you know, day two. And I'm like, what the heck? Why couldn't I have done this yesterday? So I don't I don't really know what the deal was there. I, you know, just bad days on the water happen no matter who you are, I guess. Yeah, and, like, if you catch even, you know, a limit with the six-pounder on day one, that changes the entire tournament, you know, the way. Oh, yeah. I mean – that would have probably changed a lot. That would probably change the entire season for me because you think, you know, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have been, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say, but, like, say I had a 50th place finish or better at the Harris Chain, uh, you know, it may have changed everything for me, you know, going forward into Pickwick and Gunnersville and everything else. But say I had a 50th place finish or better at the Harris Chain, you know, heck, I'm probably well inside the top 10 in points and probably, you know, locked up a BPT spot. But, you know, like I said, I think it was just meant to be for me to have a bad tournament and uh, for it to work out the way it did. I hear you. What, uh, is there anything that you really learned this year you feel like that you either got better at or realized, well, I've got a hole here, I've got to figure out how to improve it because – it seems like you kind of, I don't want to say you catch them just effortlessly all over the place, but like, you know, I've watched you crush them on a chatterbait. I've watched you crush them on a popper. I've watched you crush them on, you know, in 40 feet of water with smallmouth. I've watched you chase shad spawns. Like, there, I don't know too many people who I feel like have just been able to adjust so smoothly. And I know it's like something that, you know, every pro angler has to do, but it seems like you do it really well. Yeah, um, I think I learned a little bit more about, like, how to practice more efficiently this year, um, you know. But I think, like, being versatile and being able to figure out a body of water and, like, knowing kind of what's going down and how to adjust and use different baits and different techniques – it was one of those things where when I was like in high school and I just started, you know, I, I grew up tournament fishing. My dad always had me in bass boat tournament fishing, but I didn't really start doing it seriously until I turned 16 and I could drive and everything else. But when, when that happened for me, it was like I started reading every magazine I could read, you know, learning about, you know, because YouTube was just then starting to come onto the scene hard. Uh, so I was in the magazines reading, learning about different baits and techniques. Uh, 
and I was, you know, just starting to kind of be on YouTube, looking around, watching some videos, and then it just kind of carried through to college fishing and everything. Like, you know, I'll, I'll if I'm going to a lake somewhere, I'll put in the, the research, like the time, you know, just studying the lake on a, you know, map, you know, looking at the layout of it, looking at the contours, looking at what type of vegetation it does or doesn't have. And then, like, just past tournaments, you know, just going into Major League Fishing or the Bassmaster website and looking at, you know, past tournaments that they've had there, the weights and kind of some of the techniques that it's take, you know, that's been used to, to do good there. And I'll, I'll just kind of keep that in the back of my mind as I'm practicing and just, you know, like I said, just do kind of whatever it takes to, to figure out the fish that week. But, uh you know, when I was younger, like high school into college and stuff, I would not know how to use a, a certain particular bait, like say a pop bar, for example. I know one I remember very well was a jigging spoon. I I I'd never thrown a jigging spoon. I never used it very much at all, uh, or just a flutter spoon. And I was like, I want to figure out how to use this. I want to catch some fish on it. And lucky for me, it was the time of year that they would bite it around here. So I would take that bait to the lake, and I would literally have it on the deck, and I would throw it all day, and I would make sure, like, I figured out, you know, how I was supposed to be working it and how I could catch fish on it, and I'd catch a couple fish on it, and then I'd move on to the next one. And I kind of, like, just, I don't know, I had a lot of free time where I, you know, didn't do anything but play golf. I would just spend so much time on the lake messing with different baits. And it really made me feel confident with, you know, a lot of different techniques and baits as far as, like, just being able to use them and use them confidently and know what I'm doing with it. And I've just been able to carry that through, you know, through my college days, you know, and then through the Opens and the Toyotas and now through the Pro Circuit. Okay. What about, um, you know, you sort of mentioned earlier how you feel like you've gotten better at practicing. What is the key to that? Or, like, what what has helped you? Or what are some of the things that you've improved on? Um, I would say covering water, uh, you know, not not leaving any stone unturned. Uh, any stone unturned. I, I think you can definitely spread yourself out too far some places, and then some places you really do need to check a lot of areas. Because you know, I've been in tournaments before where I check almost. I was I was in the Bass Open at Lake Norman a few years ago, and I checked the whole lake. I checked from the dam all the way up, and I got, like, way up in the river, almost to the spillway up in the river. And it was getting late in practice one day, and I said, oh, heck with it. I'm, I'm going to go back down. I thought I, <laughs> you know, felt pretty good about some of the things I felt down. And so I left that alone up there, and guess where it was won? Wesley Strader won it in the tail race up there. Uh, you know, so I – that's just one, for example, but it's happened a few times to me. I think there's certain places you really need to cover a lot of water, you know, check everything out. Some places you can spread yourself out too far, but I think as far as, like, me getting better at practice, I've just kind of figured out, like, you know, where I do and don't need to be and if I do need to check it all. or I feel like I've just got a good sense of, like, you know, after doing research and studying a map, I feel like I know if I need to, you know, check, you know, a lot of a lake or, kind of keep myself in certain areas but you know i think as the year went on i I really felt more confident about how i was practicing and how i was looking for fish 
Okay. How about the James? Because that was one where, you know, you did decent in it, but it was kind of like it was after your just incredibly hot run. Did you do you feel like you made any mistakes in that one? Or do you think you sort of did everything that was on the table, if that makes sense? Yeah, I definitely made a mistake in that one. Um uh, I didn't fish the pads and the Chickahominy. I did for a little bit in practice, but not like I should have. Um, and it really, really eats at me to this day. I, I should have fished the pads a lot more than I did because it paid off for a lot of guys. It's crazy. I had some docks in the James that I'd done good off of a few years ago. Uh, and Nick LeBrun actually, like, basically won the tournament off of some docks real close by to those. And I just got on a bad rotation a couple of days in the chick that I went down there, you know, on those docks. Like, I'd roll up and there'd be two or three boats on them, and then I'd leave and try to come back, and, I'd, you know, nobody was there, but they'd done jacked them off of it. So I I screwed up with the whole Chickahominy deal this, this go-around. But what was good for me is I figured out a, a bite up, you know, close to takeoff in some brush, you know, out in, like, you know, eight to ten foot of water in the middle of those ditches and i was able to run back up there at the end of the day and if i didn't have anything i could salvage the day like day one i actually came back up and i caught my limit up there and caught a couple of really nice ones and then day two you know i i lost two good fish early down close to the chick i lost two really nice ones early and then i had like a couple of real small ones and i you know hoping that i could do it i ran back up and got on on the little G stretch I had there with the brush, and I proceeded to lose like I think I caught like a three pounder, and then I lost like I I didn't get my hands on it. There was a couple guys around me that saw it, uh, but I mean it was every bit of a six to eight pounder I lost right at the boat, and uh, you know that sucks. But I mean it's it's part of it. I wish I could have landed it, but losing those two fish early and that one fish late would have been huge. I mean, it would have probably put me up close to the top 10, but I don't feel like there's a whole lot I could do about that, you know, as far as losing fish, but I definitely think as far as practice and like the tournament at the James, I could have done a better job on breaking down the Chickahominy for sure. Okay. Yeah, dude, the Chickahominy and just the James as a whole, it's a difficult tournament fishery because you kind of have to make a pretty long run to get down to the chick, and then, you know, your options up close, like, they're increasingly good. We've seen that this year, that you can do pretty well without running very far, but it seems to require a lot of commitment in either direction, especially considering, you know, in practice, too. Yep, for sure. Um. One question I had was, you made a lot of long runs this year. Whether you're going to the Chick, you were one of the, you were running almost the farthest at the St. Lawrence for the title. Um, you were probably making the shortest run at Gunnersville. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> what, um, as far as like, as far as doing that, was that something that you had done much of before? Um, and what's your experience been like? learning how to make those long runs how to budget your time any do you have any tips for success or how you do it um you better just make sure you you know what you're on and you better make sure you're on them if you're gonna make that kind of a run 
Like you, you need to know that you can drop the troll motor and start catching fish if you're going to make a run like that. I mean, that's, it's either that or, you know, you hope you can catch some and you're literally not on anything else anywhere else. But, uh, I'd say the college days for me, like me and Corey, you know, we made, we made some really long runs at, uh, Let's see. I guess we made a really long run at the Red River. Yeah, it was we a made, um, hike. with the lock too. We've made some. Yeah, yeah. We've made some long runs some other places, but you know, I made a long run at the St. Lawrence last year in the Toyota. We could fish the lake. We were out of Messina, and I ran from Messina out into the lake. And the only reason I did it is because I knew, and I got out there. I mean, it was a guaranteed twenty pounds, and it was like the first six casts I had twenty one pounds or something wow so i would say if you're going to make a long run you just better make sure that you know you're on them you know make sure you you've got something found to where you can catch them real quick because you know you get down there and and they're gone and you can't find them again or you're you're not on what you thought you were and heck you you've not only like you know not caught them in the tournament but you burn a heck of a lot of you know fuel money up trying to get down there and back so and there's a lot of things that can happen in between i try to you know always just allow myself a little bit extra time you know unless you know like day day three in the in the championship or the title i didn't you know i pushed it to the limit but the last day you know it's uh yeah i pushed it just because i I wanted to win so bad i was just trying to make something heroic happen but (laughs) you know it's one of those things like just make sure you give yourself extra time and if it's rough don't push it because you can definitely break you know a lot of stuff in the boat you want to just you know, take it easy, run through the waves smart, and try to preserve your, your rig because, you know, service crews are great and all, but sometimes, you know, you break something that some, can't be fixed in that amount of time, then you're going to be screwed the next day and you try to go make that run again. Um, This is a, I don't know, I have two questions. They're not really related to any particular topic here, but um, you a lot of times have told me, man, I want to win one. And you've gotten really close this year. You know, if we were fishing under a different format, boy, Gunnersville looked really good for you. Uh, the yeah. title, you had a real shot, you know. Um, what? But at the same time, you seems like you fish really consistent. Do you, I don't know, do, have you ever thought about trying to change how you fish to either be consistent or to try to win or do you just always sort of fish the same does that make sense yeah i mean no i I think i'm you know pretty much the same for the most part because like it's so hard to win a tournament regardless of the format you know like i really hate that i didn't win gunnersville you know i mean you know, total weight for four days, I, that to me is like, you know. The way to do it. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, for sure. I, as I mean, you work so hard for three days. I mean, to catch them four days in a row, that's tough, man. I mean, but I don't think I'll fish any differently or I want to fish any differently. I mean, I want to get better, and I think there's a lot of things I could get better at to, you know, try and win one or stay more consistent there's definitely things i could do better but as far as like my style or like changing everything i do up then no you know i i feel like i'm pretty confident in doing what i'm doing and you know even the toyota series championship last week on gunnersville 
Uh, you know, I I spoke with you in practice. I told you I was having a pretty tough practice. I tried a ton of different things to get away from the crowd to try and win, you know, doing something different. And I, I was just coming up with nothing, just a couple bites here, a couple bites there, nothing good. And then, you know, in practice, uh, day two or three or whatever, I ran across that deal of those suspended fish. You know, ultimately how the tournament was won. Uh, and I figured it out, but I figured it out late in practice, and I didn't dial it in as far as, like, the baits and everything. Because I could get some bites, but, you know, I only weighed in three fish the first day and four the second day. Didn't cut a check, didn't do any good. But to know that I was on the right deal, you know, that ended up winning the tournament and a lot of guys finishing the top, you know, team really well on it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I felt pretty good about that, you know, but, you know, it's one of those things like you can beat yourself up about it and you can go on and on and think about it and talk about it all you want, but, you know, it's just going out there and, and putting the puzzle together as quick as you can and and getting on as much as you can and just letting the chips fall where they fall, you know. It's basically how I look at it. So I don't think there's a whole lot, you know, that I want to change. I think I just want to try to get better at finding fish and, and like, figuring out the baits faster and, like, you know, really, you know, dialing an area in. I think a lot of guys, I find myself doing this. I, I find fish in an area and – you know, they may be biting good or they may not be biting good, especially the ones that aren't biting so good that I, I really feel like are bass. Like, I'll spend too much time on them trying to figure out how to get them to bite, you know. But it's give and take on all that. So I think, you know, for the most, most part, I feel pretty confident in how I, how I go about practicing a tournament. I think it's just, you know, you've about got to have the stars aligned to get you a win. So... I'll get there, you know, and I'll, I'll I'll get one eventually. But you know, it'll it'll just, uh, you know, everybody's always told me that it's going to kind of be unexpected. You know, I hear that a lot from guys, but I feel like you I feel like you got to at least somewhat know, like, hey, I'm on pretty good deal. I, I might have a shot to win this league, so maybe that, and then you just actually win it, and you're like, dang, I did it. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll find out. Um... Maybe this, maybe this coming year, maybe next year. Uh, when, when slash if you win one, we'll find out if it was expected or not. You know, I'll, we'll take a poll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so, you see this one coming? <laughs> um, my last, uh, I guess my last thing. You have a guttering business. You made, I would guess, really close to a hundred thousand dollars fishing this year, uh, just in tournament winnings. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit less. Uh, I was just doing some sort of back of the napkin math, um, but you're going from the pro circuit to the invitationals, which is kind of a step down slash sideways. At the same time, you just won rookie of the year. Where, like, where do you see your fishing career? I know you want to do it for a living. You're doing it for part of a living. What's your sort of current status, future status? How are you feeling on that front? And that's a big question. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I don't know. This, you know, I. Well, this year was my first year as a pro on the pro circuit. So, you know, I'm, I'm still getting, you know, used to all the, you know, just normalities of everything. And then, 
you know, we we didn't get a schedule, and then everybody kind of started, you know, all these rumors and everything. So we heard some changes are coming, and you know, ultimately, I'm just gonna say this: like at the end of at the end of all these changes, and, and at the end of everything that's went on and changing and going on, you either want to fish or you don't want to fish, and you want to stay home and do something else with your life. And for me, like, you know, I I can voice my opinion, but I'm not going to really be a changing factor in anything. So I'm just going to fish what's available to fish that I feel like is the best platform for me to try to make a career at this. And hopefully I can do it. If I can't, then I will. But in deciding that, you know, I really felt like for me, fishing the Invitationals, picking up some Toyotas, fishing those, trying to make a push for the BPT was the best at hand for me. So, you know, I feel like even though it's not the pro circuit anymore, it's still, you know, Invitational still got TV coverage, and I'm going to be fishing against some of the biggest names out there still because I'm sure a lot of the BPT guys are going to fish. So, you know, I I just I want to go out and I want to back up my rookie year. I want to have a really good season push for the BPT, try to make the BPT and, and just see what happens because, you know, as far as fishing anything else, like, you know, I think as a bass fisherman, everyone aspires to fish the classic and, and, you know, try the elites, get to the elites. And I'm not saying I don't want to, uh, I really like the bass side of things, but it just doesn't make very much sense for me with a business and the money side of it. To, to leave MLF at this point in time, uh, you know, especially after the year I just had. So, and and I have no issues with MLF or anything like that. I just, I, I really do feel confident where I'm at, and I'm hoping to make a push for the BPT and and find myself on TV. So, well, kind of where uh, I'm at with it. I, I think that's not a bad call, and it's especially, you know, I can see folks making any number of decisions, uh, especially guys who, you know, they had a long they had a long FLW tour career and they and things changed on them, you know. But yeah, I feel yeah. like with the success you've just had, it's, you know, a bass is a bass is a bass. But man, you had a really good 2022, and you know I wouldn't if it was me i just wouldn't want to change too much <laughs> because uh if you have a really good 2023 i mean that's like that's it right there you know you can yeah. you, you theoretically could ride that for a full you know however long you want your career to be if it worked out mm-hmm. but anyway man i know i think you're going to the bank or something like that you probably got there by now so where uh where can folks find you What's your social, all that jazz? Anything you want to plug, I'm here for it. Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. It's just Nick Hat 47 I got a Nick Hatfield Fishing Facebook page. Uh, you know, I'm here in East Tennessee, Greenville, Tennessee. If anybody needs any guttering work, uh, hit me up. You know, Hatfield's guttering is exciting. But uh, just going to be hanging gutters and uh trying to get the new boat rigged it's supposed to be in here in a couple weeks trying to get everything lined up and ready for you know okeechobee come february so just going to be around here live scoping some smallmouth and hanging gutters 
So uh, just really looking forward to next season. Hey, where's the Nick Hat 47 come from? What's 47? Like, do you have numbers in golf? Um, <laughs> no, I didn't have a number in golf. I don't know. I think when I was, like, really young, I, like, just liked the number 47 for some reason. And then it kind of solidified when I was at a I was at a National Wild Turkey Federation banquet, and they had those you know they had a board up where you pay like I think it was like fifty or hundred dollars, and you get to pull a number off the board, and it was a metal number, and it was zero forty seven, and I pulled forty seven because it was like my favorite number, and I won the shotgun, so I was like, well, heck, it definitely is my favorite number now, so it's just kind of stuck with me. I don't know. I just made it my end of my tag. I don't know, kind of random, but it won me a shotgun. So, <laughs> have you ever drawn boat forty-seven? I have not. I have wow. Not. Well, that's going to be the tournament you win. Obviously, you'll be boat forty-seven yeah. day one at Okeechobee, and I'll be like, oh, lock it up, give him the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's the thing about next year is like, you know, this year I'd I'd been to all but one of the lakes. And next year, I will have been to all, but I guess I'll, I have only been to two of the lakes we're going to next year. So, a little bit different scenery, but I'm up for the challenge. I'm ready to go. Can't get here soon enough. All right, man. Well, Nick, as always, thanks for your time. And uh, I hope you have a good off season. And uh, good luck with the sponsors. Good luck with the smallmouth. And uh, we'll see you here in, I mean, honestly, Okeechobee will get here before you know it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Jody. I appreciate it.